Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. War broke out over the weekend. Welcome to Clay and Buck today. Uh, No doubt you've seen and heard and perhaps even seen some of the horrific footage, uh, imagery of the invasion of Israel launched by Hamas. uh, An incursion, if you will, into a, a number of areas. Right now, as we talk to you, we're going to spend a lot of time on this today because it's uh, the biggest conflict that Israel has seen of this kind in 50 years um, since the Yom Kippur War. Uh, you have a, a number of possibilities where this can spiral beyond where it currently, where the conflict currently is. Could become a broader Mideast issue. Could become a global issue. And Clay and I are going to make sense to the degree we can of those possibilities. Um, but it, it was tough this weekend. Uh, it was, it was hard to follow the news. It was one of those moments. It was one of those days where you saw a tremendous viciousness and inhumanity on display from this multi-pronged Hamas assault on the state of Israel. At least 700 Israelis are confirmed dead right now. There have also been nine Americans killed in this. Hamas is holding over 150 hostages right now, and that number is likely going to uh, be raised throughout the course of today. Israel was hit in uh, 22 different locations outside the Gaza Strip by uh, ground attack uh, forces, terrorists, bands of terrorists, along with 
um, barrages of rockets being fired. Now, Israel is a country that is known for having tremendous security, tremendous capabilities, uh, including a $1 billion barrier that has seemed to be largely impenetrable up to this point. This time around, they managed to get through the Israeli barrier. Um, this is a moment, Claire, where we are, people are asking a lot of questions. First of all, the conflict is still ongoing. Hamas is in effectively uh, a death struggle now because I think there's a recognition that the Israeli government is going to try to destroy that entity this time. They have to. That's been the promise from Netanyahu and others. We'll have some guests to join us on this as well, including my friend David Ifun, uh, who's an expert on all things Israel at the uh, bottom of this hour. Um, Clay, we know that uh, Iranian security officials helped plan this surprise attack from Hamas. Hamas and Hezbollah, who work together in their efforts to destroy the state of Israel, have had spokes, spokesmen say that is, uh, that Iranian involvement was, uh, was direct and for weeks leading up to this. Um, what are your biggest takeaways as we see this uh, shocking moment in time and, and understand that we're just at the beginning of this? To me, what I keep coming back to, Buck, is this is the biggest intelligence failure since 9-11. Um, I don't understand how you could have the most – I think if you ask most people listening to us right now, hey, which intelligence agency is the most plugged in to what's going on in their country because they're constantly be trying to be wiped off the map, uh, the map it would have to be the Mossad, right? They are basically – conducting constant surveillance because legitimately the goal of these Islamic terrorist groups is to wipe Israel off the map. And I think you saw that in the heinous depredations that they inflicted immediately upon this attack, almost 50 years to the day since 1973, when the last time that Israel was under, I, I would say, this level of attack. So, one, how did this happen? How did Mossad fail? How did MI6 fail? How did uh, the United States intelligence forces fail? This is thousands of men and weaponry that was mobilized, and somehow we didn't know about this at all. We didn't have any clue that it was going to occur. I know we're still in the middle of the response, but immediately when I woke up on Saturday morning, Buck, and saw all these videos start to go viral of this attack going on, I just couldn't get over how they could have been caught so unaware. And I was actually talking about my wife with it, and we were saying, well, 9-11, and this is a big moment for you because you're from New York, Buck, and this is why you went into the intelligence services When you graduated from college, so I know you spent a lot of time directly trying to attack and respond to what what was done to us. But 9-11, when you compare it to this, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's 19 uh, terrorists. It was an audacious plot, but it didn't necessarily have to involve thousands and thousands of people in order to be executed. The fact that we didn't know this was coming at all and that Israel was caught so unaware, and that the world was caught so unaware, is scary to me. Because if you can have an intelligence failure on this level, what other plans are going on? Uh, so that's one. Another part of this, and I'd be curious to get your response on that, is the Biden administration got played on a level 
that is frankly uh, unacceptable. We just gave $6 billion to Iran. And people can say, well, it's not the $6 billion that went to Hamas. Well, Iran funds Hamas, and as you said, Buck, in your open, the Wall Street Journal said that Iran basically planned this attack. They knew they were getting this money from the United States. And money is fungible. So if you know you're about to get $10,000 because you're going to get a bonus at the end of the year, you might well decide that you're going to spend $10,000 on something else because you know those funds are coming in. So when they're trying to argue, well, this was not United States money that was in any way involved, I'm sorry, Iran played us because we had last week Secretary Blinken, I believe, saying that the Middle East has never been safer than it is right now, quieter than it is right now. So there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. And I think our intelligence services failed. I think the Biden administration failed. And, Buck, we got war in the Middle East, and we've got war in Europe. I don't know how much more you can point to on foreign policy disasters on the Biden uh, uh, watch. In the in the immediate term, I think the biggest single consideration that everybody is looking at, other than the, how this evolves, this uh, conflict. Remember, Gaza is not a very big place. It's a very densely populated place. Um, but it, it's not a large landmass. So to have effectively a siege of Gaza, uh, which the Israelis are now conducting, cutting off uh, electricity and and effectively going in there and cleaning cleaning house. I mean, which is it, when you see and, you know, we live in this era now. And, and Clay, it was clearly part of the tactics, part of the decision making here was that this was a terrorist invasion. Yes. Or a terrorist incursion, meaning they didn't just go after Israeli military sites. Hamas specifically landed in, in paragliders, for example, at uh, an area that was a, a rave. There was a major party going on. And they just murdered in cold blood, executed entirely innocent people. Here's Clarissa Ward of CNN saying that at this one music festival site, which is near Gaza, uh, 260 Israeli bodies were found. Play nine. What happened just off this quiet border road was a massacre. Organizers of the Supernova Music Festival say that thousands of young revelers had gathered to celebrate the end of the holidays. When just after 6 a.m., Hamas militants launched a bloody attack. Now, a volunteer group that handles human remains says that at least 260 bodies have been found at the festival site. The government here took a bold step, releasing an image of scores of body bags in a tent where investigators were tasked with identifying them. Clay, there were decisions that Hamas made, and this is not surprising to anyone who knows the history of this organization. You know, Hamas is... Uh, the the entity that has pushed for suicide bombings of pizzerias and and you know, mass murder of of all kinds of, of civilians. It is a terrorist organization. Uh, there are other terrorist organizations that have also turned uh, to attack Israel in this whole process. Most notably Hezbollah, but there are others as well. And they're trying to create a sense of a siege right now for the entire Israeli state. But, Clay, the, the decisions that were made in this incursion, uh, this terrorist invasion, were specifically to be as heinous as possible, to terrify people, 
Um, they were they were executing people in cold blood. They were uh, taking hostages, men, women, children. They simply were doing everything in their power to create maximum carnage, chaos, and and destruction. And you have to take a moment and say, what could they possibly think would be accomplished by this? The Israelis have military superiority. The Israelis are now going to, and absolutely uh, righteously, respond with with a a a fury. Um, this comes out of hatred. I mean, this comes out of a society that praises, elevates, and even gives money to the family of suicide bombers, which is true of Hamas. This comes out of, I know, a very long-standing conflict, but only one side of this uh, equation is uh, aligned with civilization, and that is the Israeli side. I, I think that's super important, and we oftentimes get lost in the fact that there remains evil in the world. And this was evil depredations that were brought forth. I mean, I think that another thing on this buck is the timing. Uh, Saudi Arabia was potentially going to normalize relations with Israel. Uh, that was in the, in the works. I think this was definitely designed to stop that from happening. I think to your point, what Hamas wants is war throughout the Middle East. I think they want to uh, put Israel uh, under the, the gun. They want to unite uh, Islamic opposition to them and... This was a calculated decision on their part. And again, I, I think the U.S. being asleep at the wheel, which unfortunately is a theme of much of the Biden administration. I think I said it was Blinken who said it. My bad. It was actually National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. This is 10 days ago, Buck. Listen to him on an interview say the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. What we said is we want to depressurize de-escalate and ultimately integrate the Middle East region. The war in Yemen is in its 19-month of truce. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. So, Buck, they set us up. Iran was working, according to the Wall Street Journal, since August to help make this Hamas attack happen. They were simultaneously negotiating a prisoner exchange with the United States and getting $6 billion from the Biden administration. And they made us think all is calm, all is well, and then boom, the biggest terror attack in 50 years in Israel, which everybody is already calling in Israel their version of 9-11. The population of Israel is not substantial. We don't know what the total loss of life and hostages is going to be. But as a percentage of the Israeli population, it's going to be far in excess of the death toll that occurred on 9-11 in the United States. And the possibility of expansion of the conflict in the region is something that is uh, very much at the forefront right now. Specifically, will the Israelis go after Iranians uh, on Iranian soil? And they've already done that to some extent in the past, but... Will they accelerate that kind of a program and try to hold the Iranians who were a part of uh, these efforts to attack Israel responsible? I mean, I, I think that's something that everyone's looking at very closely here. And uh, that's where things can start to get, you know, feel like they're spiraling even further out of control. I mean, when when you start to look at the possibility of dominoes falling into a more regional Mideast war, and uh, there's also the realities that this is going to affect 
with regard to U.S. uh well the U.S. efforts to broker Saudi Israeli peace that's going to be uh harmed by this the effort in Ukraine whatever one thinks whatever one may think of our uh, efforts to help in Ukraine if we have to start supplying munitions or or providing additional help to Israel that could come into into play but it just is is a reminder for everybody that uh, peace is always transient and. I think I expected this weekend to be like so many others, just another weekend, uh, quiet on the global front. And all of a sudden we have the biggest conflict the Israelis have been drawn into in 50 years. So, uh, we'll continue to, to look into these, uh, these developments, Clay. And, and also I think we'll bring in some of the, uh, the, the political ramifications here at home, which is also important. You think about the Biden. I mean, you've, you've mentioned this a few times, but the, the Biden failures go, so far and beyond anything um, that I would have even anticipated when they first took charge. And the fact that you have the largest war in the Middle East, since I'm sorry, in uh, Europe since World War II, and the biggest war with Israel, the biggest uh, conflict unfolding since 1973, um, we've, got, we've got a very weak foreign policy administration, very weak indeed. Online identity theft is a silent crime, the damages of which can be devastating. Your personal information gets exposed so often, making it easy for cyber criminals to steal your identity. Once they have it, they can screw up your credit rating, empty your bank account, and even take out loans in your name. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. That's why we recommend LifeLock's online identity theft protection. Their systems look for evidence of wrongdoing in your name and instantly alert you if they detect something. And if you do become a victim, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. I've been the victim of identity theft in the past. And look, let me tell you, having LifeLock saved me so much time and energy. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock, and the peace of mind is worth every penny. Again, call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. As someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. 
GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com, that's GovX.com, and join a community of more than 8.5 million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The thing. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Also needs to be pointed out, in addition to the fact, hey, how did nobody know about this? The Biden administration has been telling us that our biggest threat is Donald Trump supporters. And it makes the argument that January 6th was somehow a really scary uh, moment in American history or world history. Even more absurd, Buck, when you see Hamas raping, killing, kidnapping thousands of Israelis, it's really hard to argue that grandma with her selfie stick on January 6th is an existential threat to American safety and democracy. I also should mention, Buck, yesterday the Biden White House had a barbecue. Uh, I'm sure you saw that they were doing it and they had a band playing. Um, there's also been what's called a lid put on the White House at noon today, meaning Biden's done. He's not going to have any more public events for the rest of the day. There was there was certainly a moment, you know, Clay, when you and I were going back and forth over the weekend about this. I think we came to the same the same conclusion, which was this is one of those times where Biden as commander in chief doesn't make you feel like we're in good hands, does it? When when the when war, when real violence, when instability comes about like this. You don't want the guy who can barely walk across the room. It is worth noting. And it took a long time for him to respond on Saturday morning. They still haven't explained where in the world was he. When Mike Lindell invented the original MyPillow over two decades ago, it had everything you could want. You've witnessed the way this company's grown since, offering so many different creature comforts for your home. Now they've turned their attention back to that original pillow, leveling up with new technology, creating MyPillow 2.0. MyPillow 2.0, same patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow. Now it includes temperature-regulating thread, 
which makes it cool to the touch. MyPillow 2.0, softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. You'll find yourself not waking up in the middle of the night just to turn the pillow over, looking for a cool spot to land your head. Pricing's right, too. Queen-size MyPillow, less than 40 bucks, just thirty nine ninety nine when you use our names, Clay and Buck. As the promo code, king size pillow, just 10 bucks more. 10 day warranty, 60 day money back guarantee. Mypillow.com. Use the code Clay and Buck or call 800-792-3269. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back in. Joined by our friend David Efun now. He is the publisher of the New York Sun, also the honorary chair of the Algaminer, which is uh, a journalistic enterprise that focuses on Israel and the Middle East. Uh, David, thanks for being here with us. It's a pleasure, Buck, always to be with you. Unfortunate that it's on so tragic an occasion. First, uh, David, can you tell us, how, how is it, I mean, inside of Israel, and when you're speaking to your sources about what's going on here, the the surprise attack of this scale, what are the explanations for how this could have happened and, and caught uh, Israeli intelligence and security forces, which are among the best in the world, off guard in this way? I mean, look, there's no question that there will be uh, an investigation and, and a reckoning. I mean, there are so many questions that people have around the country there is pain, but also frustration and anger. It's hard, really, to to describe the scale of of, of the devastation. You know, it's been compared to Israel's 9/11. Um, but just to give you just to give you a sense on a comparative basis, you know, there are what 330 million Americans. There are only nine million Israelis. So, with 800 confirmed deaths now, you know, that would be the equivalent of 30,000 Americans if an attack would, would have taken place um, of a similar scale in, in this country. Um, it's, it's, it's um, you know, not just the attack itself, but, you know, the ongoing nature of it. You have hundreds of, of captives that were taken into Gaza, children among them, toddlers. They're being taunted in the streets. Um, the nation of Israel, the heart of Israel, is broken and bleeding, although I would say, you know, as the great Hasidic master, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Kosk once said, uh, there is nothing more whole than a broken heart. And what you've seen in response to this atrocity is a unification of the country in a way that we haven't seen for so long. It's, it's a nation that is singularly focused on supporting the victims, um, and, and, and setting about establishing a framework in which this can never happen again. And the Prime Minister has spoken very clearly. There's an operation that is due to be launched. The goal is to remove the military capacity from Hamas and to remove Hamas from control of the territory in Gaza. So right now, thank you for coming on, Gaza is the focus. Buck and I are already talking about, according to Wall Street Journal, Iran helped to plan this and gave the go-ahead to Hamas for this attack. Is a response to Iran also going to follow and be included in your mind, as well as what's going on right now in Gaza, and what risks and challenges does Iran's inclusion in this terror attack plan 
make in the larger Israeli response? I mean, um, Iran is absolutely central to it. You know, certainly the Israelis have the more immediate focus of securing their border. But they know that uh, the hand is the hand of Hamas, but the uh, but the brain and the funds and the fuel are coming straight from the Ayatollahs. You know, uh, the first book that Prime Minister Netanyahu ever wrote in the 80s, just a couple of years after his brother Yonatan was killed during the Entebbe raid, in an effort to rest, successful effort to rescue hostages. The first book that he wrote is called Fighting Terrorism. It was, you know, really a blueprint that came to be studied by law enforcement agencies around the world uh, of how best to counter terrorism, te- terrorist agencies, terrorist organizations, terrorist efforts. And one of the fundamental principles that he points to there is the danger of having territory controlled by terror groups. You know, it gives them the space, it gives them the the breadth to, to plan and to launch attacks from. And what's happened, you know, over the years in Israel is that on three of Israeli borders, the Iranians have set up uh, many terror states. In the, the southwest, you have Gaza. In the north, you have Lebanon, southern Lebanon, where Hamas controls territory. And then on the Syrian border... Um, there's a great deal of Iranian activity over there. So, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu knows first and foremost just how dangerous it is to allow the terrorists to control territory. But he also knows uh, just how central the role that Iran plays is. And, you know, I'm sure that they have their own calculations about how and when they might go about this. But certainly a, a message that would be heard across the region is that is if Israel saw this as an opportunity um, to target the Iranian nuclear program, which, you know, is the crown jewel for the Ayatollah regime and also the, uh, the, the most dangerous threat that Israel faces on the planet. We're speaking to David Afun, publisher of the New York Sun. Um, David, is it now on, on Netanyahu and the IDF to not just, uh, fight back and and find those who are um, guilty of this but to take this even further and and push for the effectively the uh, dismantling and eradication of Hamas overall I mean the Israelis know that uh, there's only one way to sort of to solve this issue once and for all I mean since the Israeli pullout from Gaza uh, which I actually protested in 2005 as it was taking place on the ground. Um, this Hamas has has taken control of the Gaza Strip. That was just a couple of years later. And it has become the launch pad for one attack after the next. The Israelis know that, you know, they can sort of conduct an operation, but they will always be living at risk of, of similar attacks. There's only one way to stop it once and for all. And that is really to retake control of that territory. You know, it's been the case throughout Israel's existence that any territory that has been ceded to terror groups or even ceded to groups that aren't ostensibly terror groups have been, uh, have, have lost control to terror groups and have become controlled by terror groups and have become the launch pad for attacks on, on Israeli civilians. It's why even though the Biden administration and some in the international community still talk about the land for peace 
doctrine and the two-state solution as being the only path forward, every Israeli knows that land for peace is the most dangerous uh, equation that they that they might consider, and that the attacks that they've faced over the last couple of days are precisely the product of that flawed thinking. So the question is how much land, uh, how much territory Israel will need to control um, to be safe and to stop the flow of weapons and to uh, know that with certainty that Gaza can no longer become the launch pad for attacks on Israeli civilians. Will it be the entire Gaza Strip? Will it be um, a demilitarized zone of a mile or more surrounding the Gaza Strip? Um, obviously, it's just the Israeli commanders and, and the security cabinet that are going to be discussing those details now. Um, but I'm sure we'll see soon enough uh, what the approach that they'll be taking is. We know that Hamas will put their weaponry and their soldiers in places that oftentimes has civilians, sometimes children, because they like the opportunity to, one, dissuade attacks, but also if they happen to make it look like innocent civilians are being targeted by Israel. I would imagine, given the fact that there are hundreds of hostages that are currently in Gaza that we know were taken, that those hostages will be used in some way as human shields also. Do we have any sense for how well Israeli intelligence can have any of that information as they are making decisions about where to attack? I mean, they'll certainly be working in overdrive, and what you're saying is is exactly correct. I mean, it's it's the most cynical use of of civilians in 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 you know any war, theater theater of war. Um, the Israelis will certainly want to take that into consideration, and you know they've sort of got to balance um, these tricky moral questions with the the bigger overall objectives and 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 the needs to 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 secure the Israeli South for the future. And the, and the Israeli homeland. I mean, you know, it's not a situation that you want to be in having to, 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 to tackle these, these types of questions. You know, another thing that's never reported is that, you know, when, when Palestinian terrorists fire rockets out of Gaza into Israel, a very large, large percentage of them fall short and they land in Gaza and they kill Gazans. Remember, you don't have air raid sirens, you don't have bomb shelters in Gaza. You know, what happens is you've got the Gaza Health Ministry, which is, you know, really a vehicle. It's controlled by it's a vehicle for Hamas as well that becomes the only source of information on casualties in Gaza. And the international community starts to, starts to ask questions. And, you know, they'll, they'll count any uh, casualty in Gaza for any reason as, as being one that was, that Israel was responsible for. So, you know, all of these deaths from their own rockets that fall short, they'll blame on Israel. If, God forbid, a child falls off a swing in a playground and, 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 you know, get, you know, gets injured or, or killed as a result of that, they'll blame that on Israel. Um, and the international community doesn't ask any questions. And not only that, you know, they, they, they'll take these numbers at, at, at face value. Um, and they'll take the accusation that Israel is responsible at face value. And, you know, over a period of time, you know, the effect that that has is that the pressure starts to build on Israel. Um, and, you know, increasingly, it's, it's harder for Israel to take the steps and the actions it needs to take to, dep- to defend its, its citizens and its, and its civilians. So, you know, certainly um, being able to present accurately what's taking place to understand the steps that the Israeli military is taking to prevent civilian casualties in the most difficult climate, you know, it's crucial 
to ensuring you know the broadest possible international support for an absolutely necessary operation necessary not just to prevent further bloodshed in Israel but also to prevent further bloodshed in Gaza David um, before we let you go the concern about this becoming a a broader fight um, some of the other entities perhaps getting more into it like uh, Hezbollah and, and others in the immediate region but also specifically Iran getting drawn into this more than it already is how do you weigh that possibility I mean it's certainly always always a possibility and uh, you know just to give you the scale of how the Israeli military leadership is thinking about this they have um, now drafted at 300,000 reservists that's on top of regular army of 150,000 so uh, you know you're talking about a country of 9 million so 5% of the entire country has been mobilized. Um, and a mobilization like this is not just about Gaza. It's certainly with the understanding that there could be multiple fronts um, that Israel needs to, be, that needs, to be, needs to be active on and to be prepared for, for all possibilities and all eventualities. You know, I spoke to a young mother in central Israel um, earlier today, and she told me there are no men here. You know, it's just women and children. This is in a, you know, small town in, in middle Israel. Uh, schools are all closed indefinitely. Um, daycare centers are all closed indefinitely. This is a, an entire country at war, mobilized and at war to defend its borders. David, thank you very much for giving us this update. We'll hope to talk to you again soon as this process continues. Anytime, Buck. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained a fatal gunshot wound. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage of the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden as his loved ones mourn the decorated officers lost they welcomed a miracle the child he would never get to meet so many families need your help please help america's heroes and their young families join tunnel the towers on its mission to do good in their honor 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs donate 11 dollars a month to tunnels the towers at t2t.org that's t the number two t Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me tell you about an American company whose entire mission is built around supporting this same community of people, which I'm a part of and proud to be so. GovX.com is an online shopping platform that people like me with service-related backgrounds have been using for years. There are over 8.5 million GovX members benefiting from the site today. As a GovX member, I get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. If you're a member, GovX.com is the first place to check when you're shopping online. If you've served our country in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, emergency medical services, or other government agency roles, go to GovX.com. That's govgovx.com and create your free membership today. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart and you'll get an extra $15 off your first order. 
GovX, savings for those who serve. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When yes. Those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. Okay. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. No surprise, but do you know the number of abortions in states where it's deemed legal have increased since the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Sadly, unborn babies' lives are more at risk than ever, and that's where Preborn steps in. Preborn introduces moms to their precious babies through ultrasound. When a mom in crisis hears her baby's heartbeat and sees her or him on ultrasound, she is twice as likely to choose life. Preborn has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives, and their network of clinics are located in the highest abortion states, standing strong for moms in crisis and the most vulnerable preborn babies. Five ultrasounds are just $140, helping to rescue five babies. Preborn relies on donations from us. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, saying baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Um, obviously, as we are speaking to you, coverage everywhere focusing on the attacks um, that are taking place. And I just wanted to play this because MSNBC has got a lot of dudes and some gals who are not willing to admit who the real terrorists are. Listen to uh, this. Uh, it's important to remember the context. Gaza is an open-air prison. This is MSNBC's uh, Mehdi Hassan. Listen. When we talk about Gaza in the West, for a lot of people, it's very easy to conflate Hamas, which is a militant group that carries out acts of vicious terror, as they did this weekend, with Gaza, which is a place that contains 2.2 million people, half of them children. And it's one of the most densely populated places on planet Earth. You've got 2.2 million people crowded into 141 square miles. So they automatically become the victims of Israeli airstrikes because it's so crowded, because it's so densely populated. And it's basically like living in an open-air prison. Okay, I mean, first off, the the decision by Hamas is always to try to increase civilian casualties on their side and the other side. Hamas is effectively a death cult. And when people understand that, I think everything else falls into place much more easily. As I mentioned before, Hamas has a long history of honoring as shahids, as martyrs, uh, those who are suicide bombers and and going to pay pay homage to their families, give them money. Um, So Hamas has been engaged in barbarity for a very long time. And that 
I mean, Clay, you know, when you hear this individual talking about it as a as a prison camp, uh, Gaza's a prison camp, every David mentioned this a bit before, every overture from the Israelis of greater autonomy, uh, more, you know, uh, every outstretched hand they offer ends up being slapped away. That's what happens every time. And it's been happening for for decades, but particularly with the Gaza situation. Yeah, and and one thing I think we need to contextualize, too, for everybody out there is in America, we think of a long time as being 20 years, 30 years, something like that. These people in Gaza believe that Israel must be wiped off the face of the earth, and they think on the scale of hundreds of years, even thousands of years. This is not going away. It's the biggest attack in 50 years. But all it's doing is directly making it readily apparent to everyone that evil is real and that it's not going away. And I feel people who live in Israel understand that in a way that I think a lot of people in America don't because evil is more remote here by and large. But what it makes me wonder about, and we'll talk about this some we come back more, when we're fighting internally and arguing that January 6th is an insurrection and that it's the greatest threat to American democracy and our country in general, when Biden's saying white supremacy, what are we actually missing? What's actually a danger to uh, so many of us out there? We'll discuss. Plus, Buck, RFK Jr., it's still odd timing, but he's officially announced as an independent. We'll have that audio for you when we come back. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 